Welcome to the Time For You podcast with Erin Woodruff, episode 96. My name is Erin, and my goal is to help you embrace your inner light. If you're sick of feeling stuck and tired of holding yourself back from the things you know that you are capable of, you're in the right place. On this podcast, I help women leverage their inner strength wisdom, and light to be a force for good in the world. It's time for you to embrace who you are and create the life that you were born to live. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another podcast episode on the Time For You podcast. I am so happy that you're here, and today I really want to talk about something that's been on my mind a lot in the last few years even. It's something that that I don't feel like I fully understand or can be perfect at because it's so hard, but I want more people to understand what it is, and I want to help you be okay with cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is talked about more and more. I, at least I hear it, but maybe it's because of the space that I work in with self-help and self-improvement stuff. It's something that is talked about a lot. If this is your first time, welcome. That's great. I hope you really, really enjoy it. In short, cognitive dissonance is the discomfort that someone feels when their behavior does not align with their values or beliefs. It's when we do something and we know it's gone against something that we believe. Or when you have two opposing beliefs, both that you believe to be true and they are in as opposition to each other. That is cognitive dissonance. It's when we feel stuck because we can see both sides. It's because we can understand both sides of the coin It's because we truly believe this and that, and it feels so uncomfortable for us to be in that space because it doesn't make sense. And it is often that we don't know how to act either because we don't know which one is the more right or the better option or the better choice. I feel like I struggle with cognitive dissonance and I'm aware of it on a daily basis When you're a parent, I feel like this is just a constant battle. And the thing that I have been struggling the most with when it comes to cognitive dissonance is bedtime. This is when Hannah is like her most needy and her most manipulative and just, you know, with the tug of war. And it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance because for me, I have structure that I want to follow as a mom and a parent. And then I have the more nurturing side of me as a mom and a person, a woman who wants to love and care for my child. So when I'm trying to reinforce bedtimes or rules or stay in your bed, go, you know, all the things, and she's begging to read another book or for me to give her a hug or asking me to stay in her room It pulls on your heartstrings and that's one reason why it's easy to cave as a parent because you're just like, oh, that's the sweetest thing ever. Or if they're crying for you, you want to aid them. 
You want to be there to love them, to take care of them, and you still want to maintain the structure and routine, and you know if you cave, then it's not going to have the same type of impact. And so I feel like it's constantly a struggle of what is the right thing to do in this situation. And sometimes you feel heartless if you don't take care of your kid when they're asking you for a hug, but you know that it's the hundredth hug that you've given them and that they're not going to stop. And that's where you get to use your intuition as a parent but it's so hard because you still feel heartless because when you don't give them a hug, then they just cry and they yell at you. And then you feel like a terrible human being, even though you know logically that the best thing for them to do right now is to go to bed. You know they've hit their limit, that they're too tired, that they've gone beyond, and that crying themselves to sleep is probably the only way out of this situation. That is what I'm talking about with cognitive dissonance. It's when your heart and your brain might not align and you can see both sides and you can feel the pain of both and that we can logically explain some things away and emotionally explain some things away, but sometimes it really is so hard to be in that space when we are trying to hold space for both of them. And to allow ourselves to believe that we are a good mom, even though our kid cried themselves to sleep. Honestly, I already said it, but I'm going to say it again. This is something that I feel like I'm constantly struggling with as a parent. It is always on my mind. I'm always aware that, oh, I have a double standard for myself and my kids. Or, oh, I am kind of heartless when it comes to this thing. Or, oh... This mom has so much more love and compassion than I do, but I just have a different kid than she does. And realizing that I'm not bad and not one one is not better than the other, but that it's normal and the cognitive dissonance is so real. Just for kicks and giggles, I want to give you a few more examples and some of these I may mo- may or may not have experienced, but all of them fall in the realm of motherhood because I feel like it is such a taxing, taxing time on our emotional and mental state. So I'm just going to give you a few more examples to help you understand what cognitive dissonance is a little bit more. Maybe you can recognize it in yourself. When we want healthy eating habits, but we give into sugary treats to avoid meltdowns, especially with kids or with ourselves. We know that if we just eat the piece of chocolate, then the emotion will be subsided, right? Even for ourselves. With kids, we want to praise independence and we're so glad that they're doing things on their own, but we feel really sad because our kid doesn't need us anymore. Loving the chaos of playtime, but desperately needing a quiet moment alone and praying for bedtime to come quickly. Encouraging exploration, but hovering anxiously with every single step. Loving the bedtime cuddles, but wanting your child to sleep independently, which I kind of mentioned. Preaching the importance of screen time limits while desperately needing the TV to give you a break to get things done feeling really proud of your kid 
for their newfound autonomy, but missing the days when they constantly needed you. Wanting to raise an environmentally conscious child and to be environmentally conscious yourself, but needing or wanting to buy plastic toys or disposable diapers for convenience. Prioritizing self-care, but feeling guilty for leaving your child with a sitter or maybe your spouse alone. These are just a few, and I could go on and on and on. There's millions and millions of examples I could give you. And these are just a few in the small realm of motherhood. It drastically expands into all other areas of our life. So the real question here is, how do we manage and cope with cognitive dissonance? It's not something you can avoid. First, you have to acknowledge the conflicting feelings and validate your own emotions. You have to. You have to acknowledge that you're holding two opposing beliefs, that neither one of them is better or worse, and that the feelings that you're having are totally normal. You have to learn to be okay with that. It is not comfortable. This is a space of growth. It's very uncomfortable. But when we can practice, we'll get better at it. Second, I always encourage people to seek support from other moms and professionals. Support groups can be so undervalued. But honestly, they are the things we need the most, especially when we're struggling and we're really struggling with conflicting beliefs that we have for ourselves. Number three, focus on small, achievable goals and celebrate progress, which is stuff I've already been talking about throughout this year. Number four, remember that it's okay to be flexible and adjust your approach as needed. This again falls into the realm of cognitive dissonance because especially when we decide that we will always do something or we will never do something, we put ourselves in the camp of all or nothing. This is not a fun place to be. It's a lot of pressure. So remember that in the space of cognitive dissonance, there's a lot of gray area and it's okay to be there. It's okay to allow yourself to be flexible and to adjust. It's okay to have structure and still change all the rules and let go of your structure and routine when your kids or you need a different approach. And the fifth thing is to have some humor and self-compassion. These are key. You have to learn to laugh at yourself. Not in a derogatory or a negative way, but in a, in a genuine way. Can you laugh at yourself? Can you laugh at the things that we do that are so ridiculous, that are so extreme and so strict for ourselves? We put ourselves in this ridiculous box that we think we have to follow through with whatever demand it is for ourselves, can we laugh at ourselves? And can we have compassion? 
Can we love all the messiness that we are? For me personally, cognitive dissonance has become something that is just more part of my normal life than not. I can recognize when it's there and I'm totally aware of it. And the coping has become so much easier. I talk about it regularly with my mom and my sisters and some friends. I talk about the challenges that come with wanting to be a really good parent and maintain certain boundaries and how hard it is when your kids completely melt down. The better we get at managing and coping with cognitive dissonance when we struggle with this, the easier it will be for us to change these moments and turn them into opportunities for growth and learning. We'll become more comfortable in that space and we'll realize what a wonderful job we're doing. Because if you're willing to feel uncomfortable on purpose, you're already doing something great. Another thing is to embrace the contradictions. Motherhood and life is full of them. And that's what makes it so beautiful and unique. Life is constantly full of cognitive dissonance and contradictions. But motherhood and parenting and living in a home is a time that will catapult you in this area of growth. You will see your kids struggle with this. You will see them wanting to share a toy but not being able to because they don't know how to share. This is a time for all of us to learn and grow. And the better we get at it, at holding the space for the discomfort, the better our kids will get at it. The less reactive we'll become, and so will they. They will see us modeling behavior and they will start learning from us. Not because of anything that we're saying, but because of how we are behaving. Our kids are watching us. It's truly amazing how much they watch us and how much they're constantly learning. And motherhood is full of contradictions, full of opportunities for growth. I hope that as I've talked about cognitive dissonance today, you've had some new ideas about how you can cope with it a little bit better in your life. This is not something anyone escapes. It's part of life. And anytime that you want to grow, you're going to experience this. So I want to give you the challenge to embrace the cognitive dissonance and to sit with it, to be okay with it, to acknowledge it. And you don't even have to work through any of it, but just to acknowledge that it's there. That alone will help you have more self-awareness in how you want to change moving forward. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll talk next Monday.